0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. If you would open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And uh, just a reminder that we will be here again for our Candlelight Service too. actually, on, uh, at 4 o'clock and 5.15, right at, uh, on Tuesday. We're doing the Christmas Eve service on the 24th this year. Um, that is an ongoing multi-year joke in our staff because I, one time, I asked if it was going to be on the 24th, and I shouldn't have done that. That was... I cannot live that down. So, and just magnifying it now, there'll be more people. Hey, it's on the twenty fourth. <laughs> so fun. All right. So, uh, just just a little reminder here. We're talking about, uh, behold, the King and the Lord today. And uh, I'm not going to say everything that there is to say about this. I gave this disclaimer in first service as well. Because sometimes you have to just realize that, man, there's just so much to say. You know, right? It's like. We're going to keep talking about this for a long, long time, but I do feel like talking about behold the King and the Lord is like kind of walking through a door or maybe a wardrobe would be a better illustration. Like it's just a whole nother, it's a whole nother land. And um, so, uh, and also in, we were praying early before first service this morning, we just several of the people were just waiting on the Lord and felt like just that there were going to be people that heard something today, and it may not be the exact point that I'm making, but just that the Lord's going to be encouraging you and speaking to you. So just be listening. Let's all just get sensitive to what the Lord might be saying to us. My, one of my dads in the Lord, a guy named Don Finto, would say, hey, Jamie, just remember, God, he, he doesn't always, he doesn't speak English, he speaks spirit. It's, so, it's, so I may say something in English, but it's like it lands, you know, here in your heart. So uh, just be listening. Let's read the Word of God together here uh, just to kick things off, and I'll I'll do a longer reading in a second. But uh, this is the, the shepherds. The angels come to the shepherds, and the angel says to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, is in the other translations I'm reading from the NIV, it says, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is... Christ the Lord. And so, one of the things I want to hit on right here at the beginning of this is that this is good news of great joy for all the people. It's good news of great joy. We got to just like remember, like, oh yeah, it's good news of great joy. It brings joy to us. When we encounter Jesus, it's like it's life changing and it brings joy. Mary, we're going to read about in a second. I mean, the angel comes to her and she's going to be with this child and it brings her joy. And she goes to her cousin. And, and when she just arrives, the baby in her womb leaps for joy. And then Elizabeth goes, this is so awesome that the mother of our Lord has come to me. I'm filled with joy. And then Mary goes off on her song, the Magnificat. My soul glorifies the Lord and she is filled with joy. She says, all the generations are going to call me blessed. Here we are 2000 years later saying Mary's blessed. Blessed. She's blessed. She's Way to go, Mary, for believing and trusting and and, and being this little teenage. I mean, there were so many crazy things in that one message to that that young girl that she believed and trusted the Lord in. Just It's it's powerful. And so uh, this little series we've been in, we're wrapping up, we originally called Joy to the World. And that song is kind of how we got the title, Joy to the World. It's the most printed song ever, by the way. It was written in 1719. Isaac Watts, I think, uh, but 1719, most printed song ever, and it's about Jesus. Joy to the world, the Lord's here, you know, and He reigns, and we're talking about that. The kindness and mercy of God really does bring joy to us when we get it, when we let it sink into our hearts, the kindness and the mercy, and I just want to say, bring your burdens, bring your cares, bring your anxieties, bring your fears. Bring the stuff that you just can't see through right now. Bring the these maybe sticky, awkward relationships that you're about to walk into in a couple of days. Just bring, bring everything yeah. to the Lord. And the Lord is so good about when we bring things humbly to Him, He brings joy and freedom and life and hope and wholeness yeah. and peace so to us yeah. in His wonderful name. So, this message fits with all the other, the behold messages here. They kind of behold Emmanuel. That's God with us. Behold my beloved son. So the the presence of God, the love of God. Behold last week, anybody remember? The Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And just looking through that window, it's like, wow, that's incredible. And then today, behold the King and the Lord. And we're talking about his, his reign, but we're also talking about who he is for us in the church and in what a lot of people call religion. So we're going to kind of cut through some of that. There's a little bit of some subversive stuff in this. And if he's the king, then that's going to say something about politics, right? And just, it's okay. We're just, I, I feel so loving and pastoral today. It's not like heavy, but just we're going to say politics and, and religion. So, so to say Jesus is king and Lord and to really see him, that's, that's political, and it's it's it it's gonna affect the way we think about religious stuff and and life in him together. This word uh it's interesting. I think Advent is the beginning of the church calendar, but it's also provided for us, I think, what is gonna be the key word for next year, for twenty twenty. Um just and I think probably 675 to like 77.8% of all churches in the United States of America are going to be starting off next year with some kind of sermon called 2020 Vision. I mean, you only get to do it once, right? Once in life, you know, so we'll, and we were debating, oh, we're we going to go with everybody on that, you know, but then you, right, you only get to do it once, so we probably will, we'll see, but, but the word though is Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, that's the clarifying thing. I was, We'd been brainstorming, waiting on the Lord, sermon planning team, elders, and uh, on my whiteboard and all these words, loyalty, allegiance, the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus Christ is Lord. And Jim Reynolds came in on Thursday, uh, Wednesday this past week, and he just stopped and he goes, Jamie, I can't believe what I'm reading. This is exactly what the Lord's been speaking to me for, for next year. Actually, Jim's gonna be preaching next week on the 29th, so you wanna, you wanna hear what Jim's got to say, just uh, I I love. He's such a sharpening relationship for me. Love him, and uh, so so he he sees those words up there, and it reminded me. Even a couple weeks ago, the uh, the elders were there. We were waiting on the Lord together, and about twenty twenty, and Paul Coulter goes, "I'm just I'm just hearing the lordship of Jesus Christ," you know, and like that's a and because he goes, just think about what's going to be happening next year in politics. Man, we need to be oriented to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, I, I'm not, this is not a prophetic kind of... It might be a prophetic statement. But, you know, all the stuff that's been going on right now, the news, impeachment, all that stuff, I don't think it's going to be less just in terms of stuff, news feeds and things like that. So we need to so be locked in to Jesus. So be locked in to the Lord. Just think... About the different ways that this is important for us moving forward. I'm just touching on politics, but I mean marriages, relationships, the the religious. And when I say religion, I'm, I'm not talking about orphans and widows that good use. I'm talking about the more negative stuff, the sectarian. We're the right group, and you're not. And 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 we just jump off the ropes and you know do that on you, you know, if you don't think like we do, and kind of ww. What is that called? WWE. WWE. What? What it? y'all know what I'm talking about? The wrestling stuff. I'm not a. Obviously, I'm not not super locked into that, right? <laughs> it's WWE something, and guys that are way too big with long hair and they're yeah. Just anyway. Focus, right? Thank you. Focus. So uh, somebody, it's interesting, I was kind of talking with somebody about this stuff this past week, and, and, uh, and, and when we get in this mode, like politics and religion stuff, you know when you're touching on it, when, when the all caps thing starts getting broken out, like, duh, 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 exclamation, you know, <laughs> all caps. And, and I was, it, it just made me laugh. That actually doesn't make me laugh, but, but it made me laugh because when my dad, uh, several years ago, first got a cell phone. Um, he could not make it go to not caps. It was just always caps, you know? And so he'd send me texts on Sunday morning. Jamie, I am praying for you. I am praying that the church encounters God today. May your worship service go great. Dad, ah, you know, and all three kids, you know, me and my brother and sister all trying to help me. Dad, come on, there's gotta be a way to, that's shouting. You know, there's there's gotta be a way to not be saying you're praying for us. Ah, you know, like that. I'm praying for you. Um, but that's that's kind of we're, we're learning how to under Jesus with him as the king and the Lord to have conversations with people. I mean, if, if we're just in this always in this uh, the right position, I, it's hard for me to even have a conversation yeah. where I can't hear you if you're lesser than me. Yeah. Wow. And you can't hear me if I'm lesser than you. Yeah. And we, this, there's got to be a way of Lord, help us have mercy. I think there is a way. There's a way forward with Jesus as the humble king leading his people in a way that is forward and the kingdom really does come. His reign really does come. And so uh, we need to be grounded in him. And here's the thing I'm trying to say this morning. Advent is an invitation to behold Jesus as the king and the Lord and renew our commitment to know him, to really know him and to follow him. So that's, that's where this is going. That's where we want to uh, go with this. So let's look at this invitation this morning. Behold the King is the first piece. And we're going to read the little part about Mary right now. And if you would stand up just for the reading of God's Word. did this last week and I wanted to do it again. You know, some traditions of the body of Christ, they stand up. When you do long readings of the Word, you stand up just to honor the, the Lord's Word. In the sixth month, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for behold... You have found favor with God. Behold, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy One, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Y'all have a seat. Okay, so... There's a story being unfolded here and it's a story about God being king that runs straight from the garden of Eden all the way to the coming of Jesus and ultimately to him coming again. And you know in the garden it's you see it right off the bat it's the question that keeps being asked to us who's going to have the authority in our lives. Is God going to be the authority or are we going to usurp that authority? Are we going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or are we going to trust God and His life to be the the, the controlling part of our lives? And I, that th- that is that's it's always threatening to us in our fallen state. You know, we don't want to lose control. We don't want to be out of control. We don't want to give our control to somebody else. And yet, that's exactly what happened in the fall. And you roll that clock forward, and it's, it's this story of God coming to a man named Abraham. Abram at the time so I'm going to make a promise. And through your family, all the nations are going to be blessed. We talked about this last week. That family, Israel, goes into captivity. And then this Lamb of God promise, this Lamb of God, they're, they're ultimately delivered, and Jesus ultimately comes as the Lamb of God. We talked about that last week. But in that story, though, they're delivered, but there's still idolatry. There's still sin. And I want to pick up the story again. In Second 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7, there is uh, the Israelites are saying to, they're they're saying to Samuel, we want a king, we want to be like the other nations, and we want to have a king that leads us out into war. Basically, that's basically what's going on there. Verse 7. And the Lord told Samuel, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. So it's really important that we understand the Israel story in order to understand what's going on when Jesus arrives. Like if, 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 we, if, if, if our whole point of reference on that Jesus' story is that it's about us and us being out of here and going to heaven one day, then we'll miss all of this stuff about the reign of God, the kingdom, the, the message that Jesus preaches. The kingdom's here. Repent. Believe the good news. It doesn't, it doesn't make as much sense if it's just uh, we're just out of here. We don't, we've got a, there's stuff that God wants us to do and how He wants us to live and to walk in ways that express the will of heaven on the earth. And so... You roll the clock forward. Saul is king for 40 years. He's rejected. And uh, David becomes king. And toward the end of his reign, he wants to build a house for God, a temple. But God says, no, we're not going to do that. And Nathan comes to him with a prophetic word, a word of revelation from God in 2 Samuel chapter 7, second part of verse 11. He says, the Lord declares to you, David, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me and for my name, and I will establish his throne, the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I'll punish him with the rod of men and with the floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. And so you keep, you, you got this prophetic word about a king that's coming. He's going to be on the throne forever. Isaiah picks this up again 250 years later. In Isaiah chapter 9, this is one of the verses, the the verse that the kids just now uh, quoted to us joyfully, different expressions of joy. Some were solemn. It's fun, actually. Just you never know what's going to happen, you know, when you bring the kids up. But Isaiah says, for to us, a child is born and a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Just think, ah, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the lord almighty will accomplish this and as we talked about last week they go into exile and they're returning from exile and about again it's let's i can't do my math 230 years later 520 bc zechariah is saying hey I he probably didn't say hey that just that's a filler word for the next <laughs> sentence i'm about to say but he says The Lord's going to come back to Jerusalem. The Lord Himself is coming to Jerusalem. Malachi says the same thing. The Lord's going to come suddenly to Jerusalem. It's going to be like a refiner's fire, though, when He comes. And then Zechariah also says, that you'll remember this verse, Zechariah 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, and on the foal of a donkey. And again, we know that happens. We roll the clock forward. That prophet, prophetic word is fulfilled in Jesus coming into the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. God comes. God comes, but they didn't recognize it. And so you get to the Gospels. Rolling the clock forward. And the Gospels share this story in different ways. And it's that backstory that actually makes the story of the Gospels make sense. Like, we can't just understand it strictly in the Western Enlightenment, scientific, rationalistic, postmodern, you know, I keep throwing. philosophical words on it to describe who we are, are, where we're at and the water that we swim in. We actually have to understand the story of Israel in order to fully understand what's going on where Jesus coming on the scene as a baby, an announcement about a king, about him being the Lord, all this stuff where it makes sense. And so he starts his ministry and he says, repent, believe the gospel of the kingdom is here. Change your life. Get in line with the reign of God it's all pointing back to this same storyline. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like the Lamb of God last week. It makes sense when you understand the story that Jesus is the Lamb of God and all those wonderful pictures of Jesus being the Lamb in Revelation, it makes sense in the light of that story. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we're highlighting here is that these, the Gospels Then Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they touch on these things in different ways and just ultimately end with Him saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go, express the reign of God. Do what image bearers were always supposed to do. And it's doing things on the earth, not just waiting for us to be transported out of here someplace else. And that that whole thing is really important. It's easy for us in the church to focus on a salvation after death, to heaven after death, when... The emphasis in the gospels is not you're out of here, it's I've got a way I want you to live right now. I want you to express healing and salvation and the God's power over the devil. The the kingdom of God coming on the earth right now. When you think about that kingdom of God coming, how can there not be a clash of the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world? Is that really is that going to be possible for Every, just the kingdom of the world to, to be, well, it ultimately is, but it's us being priests of that kingdom right now and expressing that right now. And that doesn't always look like everything that's on the news. Can I get a witness out there? I think it's subversive is a good word. The kingdom of God, the reign of Jesus, is, it, it kind of cuts under what we see on the TV a lot of times. What we see people arguing about in politics, and just they, uh, I'm saying the same same thing I always said. Uh, I'm saying the same thing I always said. There's not a real conversation going on. What? How do I bring the love of Jesus Christ? How do I bring the reign of Jesus Christ into that? Into our conversations? Into our hopes and dreams? Even that we subvert the American dream with the dream of King Jesus. Yeah, just and so it has. There's an impact there for politics, but it's it's an impact for marriages, and our jobs, whatever it is we do vocationally, and how we live life, and how we treat people, and how we learn to talk in a loving way, and you know even how we listen to people. You know, sometimes listening, the way we listen, is the best expression of love that we can offer someone. Think about it it's 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 hard to it's it's hard for somebody to experience love from you if you're unwilling to listen to them just you know I think sometimes we we think about i know we're thinking right now it's cool um i think sometimes we think like you know now it's complicated now we've got all this pol- political stuff, and it's really complicated now, but man, back then those simple little first century people you know it wasn't complicated back it wasn't really subversive back then time out think about it It just any of the gospels but let's just take mark as an example this is how it starts out this is the beginning mark 1 1 the beginning of the gospel about jesus christ the son of god that is subversive and political just think about it let's let's look at it break it down here jesus christ you know christ it's not his last name it means Messiah, anointed one, like the king. That's the way a lot of people translate Christ as king. And then, son of God is that's what the Caesars, the living Caesars were called because the, the dead Caesar ascended and became like a god. So then, the living Caesar, his son, would be a son of a god. Does that make sense? So then for Mark to start his gospel out this way, this is the beginning of the gospel. Even that word gospel in Greek, euangelion, is a word that was used by the Roman Caesars to proclaim some announcement about good news about them. So this is the beginning of the gospel, subversive, good news, about Jesus the King who is the Son of God. That's, that's, that's subversive. And so it, I guess what I'm hitting on here is we can't say Gee, behold the king and that not be a political statement right, uh, It it is a political statement it's a political statement about a political body called the church who lives under the reign of jesus christ who's the head of all things for the church so even just this like Matthew 24, 14, we're going to talk about this more next year, but the gospel of the kingdom, not just the gospel, but the gospel of the reign of God will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. So this, it's just, the, thing, the things I'm touching on here, it's, it's huge because even you roll the clock forward then to now and into the future and Jesus is coming again and all things are going to be summed up under Him. All things in heaven and on earth. 1 Corinthians 15, Ephesians 1. All things are going to be summed up in Him. This is His eternal plan and purpose. That His people, His bride, would be all under Him. And every knee, Philippians 2. I mean, we just keep going. Every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth is going to bow to this one who is the King and the Lord. So let's look at that. This is the second invitation here is to behold the King, but also to behold the Lord. And we'll just read that verse that I read earlier in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Angels out in the field. The angel comes. uh, Shepherds out in the field. Angels appear to them. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord goes on there, but excuse me, one of the things I want to hit here is that this announcement of, of good news is for all the people it 's good news of great joy and and it 's an, it's an announcement like when we say the gospel, I think a lot of times because we do it as tracks and things, and we're just trying to boil it down to some ways that people can respond to it. But we present it a lot of times as, hey, this is something you might consider. You know, and you think about it and respond to it, then it'll be true for you. And and what I want to say, like this announcement is like the facts. This is reality. Like this is, like Jesus Christ is the Lord is bottom line truth. He's Died on the cross. He's raised on the third day by the power of God, exalted to the right hand of God and coming again. That is the truth. And we're, hit, we're hitting that in lots of different ways. But it's not like, you know, and if you believe this, you, God will, you'll condition God into making it true for you. It's the truth. Are you going to believe it or not? You can stand and shake your fist at God, but it's that you believing it doesn't make it true. You not believing it doesn't make it untrue. This is the tr- And that's why it's good news. And, and it's like an authoritative kind of presentation that's not like, hey, would you think about it maybe? Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Crucified. Buried. Raised on the third day. It's the greatest truth known to man. That's what Watchman Nee, I always remember that. They found his pillowcase after 20 years of being in prison and he couldn't write out stuff. They would all, any of his letters, they'd always mark through his letters. This is famous... One of my heroes from the 20th century, and uh, he spent a lot from 52 to 72, uh, 1952 52 to 72. He spent in prison, died in 72, and uh, and they found on his pillowcase, with his his finger had done the characters so much that they could actually read the characters, and it said, "Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. This is the greatest truth known to man." You know, just. Yes. Amen. So a savior is born. He is our salvation. He is our life. He is our king. And he is our Lord. You know, and in the same way that politics are challenged by allegiance to Jesus as the King, so our tendency to be religious, have that religious sectarian thing going on in us, is challenged by Jesus being Lord. Amen. It it and, and they're being like God's come in the flesh, to take humanity with Him into a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. Being religious, and I, again, a contrast, there's a positive use of that in James, widows and orphans, but then there's that negative sense of it you see in the religious leaders. you know. And uh, so, so when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about confidence in the wrong things, in the flesh, who we are, what we do, what group we're a part of, what tribe we belong to, what stream we're a part of. And we, we think about those things in a sectarian, party spirit kind of way. You know, I, I grew up, the church I grew up in, it was like we were the right group. You know, we were more right than... Anybody ever be, be a part of... So, six, seven. Um, well, for everybody else, I'm going to try to explain what that's like. Uh, it's 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 rough man when you're the it's it's like you look at everything that's not like the way you think about it already as wrong and it just it's a conversation killer it's a it's a sharpening in the body of christ killer it's a fullness that comes in the church killer because you can't hear from other parts of the body of christ or other streams and just again he's head over all things for the church which is his body the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. There's only one way to get the fullness and it's with the body of Christ together and not divided. And I would even say too that this division thing is, is huge because it's the last thing Jesus is praying about before the cross. That we'd be one. That we would see His the, the love that the Father has for Him. That we'd be one in that. We'd see His glory. And we'd understand that love in our own hearts and lives. And that... it. it it really speaks to that all caps kind of thinking, right? You know, just, you know, and it's, it's hard to walk in the spirit yeah, right, with all caps thinking. Um, and, and maybe there's, there's times for it, you know, Jesus did get angry, but again, who did he get angry with? It's like I have people, time to time, say, "You need to talk about God being angry more," in in kind of a religious spirit and doing it almost. It's like uh, he's that's, that spirit is the thing that he's mainly angry at. You know, John seven and eight. I mean, it's it's the most intense part of the of of the Gospels. Period is that interaction with Jesus and the religious leaders. I mean, it's intense. And they want to, they are gnashing their teeth and they want to kill the Son of God at the end of that conversation. I mean, God has come and they've missed the time of his visitation. Face to face with him, you know, Paul, he doesn't mince words on, on this thing, you know, the one table. You know, it's anathema, you know, that the gospel it would somehow end up in there being two tables. Or uh, Philippians. He refers to the religious guys in Philippians chapter three. Probably up behind me. Faster in chapter three, verse two. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. They're trying to get them over to their the circumcision group. For we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. We put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons. For such confidence, and so it's like a reminder. This what he's about to say is a reminder for all of us to just: Are we are we relating to Jesus? Are we getting our confidence in these identifying marks, basically, of who we are and what we do? He says, "If you, you think you've got confidence, I have more." I always feel like Jack needs to like. I have you know, it's like Jack. You know, he's like. He's saying it out here right now. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisees. So I'm not, it's like the right, right, right and the rightest group is what he's saying. The Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, you're going to do works righteousness, faultless, just faultless. And all of that is Dung—it's—it's—it's worthless compared to knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, and I'm following Him in a way through His sufferings and everything, somehow to attain resurrection from the dead. And you know, I'm not looking back, but I'm pressing on toward this goal to win this prize because we are citizens of heaven, and He's coming again, and He's going to glorify our bodies to be like His. That's what the rest of that chapter goes on to say. It's powerful. It's a really powerful thing. So, religion is like uh, the way I'm talking about this. This is Micah's cup from, you want it? In fact, you're good now <laughs> from first service. And uh, so, religion is like uh, you've got a cup and it's got life giving water, and you're, it's like a thirsty person looking at the cup and going, that's religion instead of drinking the living water that's on the inside that's going to change your life. So this is you got the form thing but you just you can't get to what you need that's really life. In Ezekiel chapter 47 In Ezekiel 47 it's a picture of this coming temple in Jesus as Jesus this temple where people don't come to the temple they the, the water goes out From the temple to the nations. And this is Jesus. Jesus is the temple. Jesus is the living water. And it's going to touch all the nations. Beautiful picture of what God's doing. And so seeing Jesus as King and Lord helps us to get to the heart of what God really wants, which is relationship with us. He wants us to receive His love and to give that love. He wants us to live in the fullness of that love, to know Him as our very life. This is life knowing You, Father. And the son that you sent, this is real life. I was talking with uh, John Brown, one of my mentors from Georgia, just checking on him this past week. And I said, hey, John, what are you seeing for 2020? And uh, he said, you know, Jamie, I just got back from speaking to a group of pastors and leaders. And he said, you know, there's so many things that we've got going right right now. Good theology, right views of things. He said, but sometimes I get concerned That we don't really know the Lord in this. And I just wanna say to to all of us like, knowing the Lord is the real deal. I mean, and we can read this and go through the motions and know some of the right formulas for theology and things, but do you know the Lord? Are you listening to the Lord and every word that comes from His mouth? That's what He's calling us to. That's what Jesus modeled for us constant, intimate connection with the father that's what that's how he's showing us how to live and it was just great for me me to hear i like when i say that I, it's like all of us it's me too we're all in this together and nobody does it perfect we we take some steps forward and then we stumble anybody yep. identify with that several and then there's mercy that next morning and there's grace and we walk with god and we may stumble or whatever but there's grace. And this is the it's Jesus wooing us into a relationship. The Father wooing us. The Holy Spirit wooing us into a relationship. And what He wants to do, even as we're starting this 2020 a little bit early here um, by talking about the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we're going to keep talking about that and, into the next year. And that we're given to God and given for others. And we're, we're to be loyal and alle- have, give our allegiance to Him. We want to renew, like I said, our commitment to know him and to follow him and to obey him and to walk with him. And we do that by having our eyes opened up. I just you know it's like we see, but sometimes we don't really see. We hear, but we don't really hear. And so we want to have eyes that see and ears that really hear and and hearts that really turn to the lord and renew our commitment to follow him and to know him and spend time with him behold him and to become like him to be changed and transformed to listen to his voice and be transformed to behold him and to become like him to grow with him and to bring those words of life-changing impact in our own personal lives into our spheres into our marriage into our families into. All the different ways and influences that God's given us. I mean, I would even say some some of us were going to semi-awkward conversations here in just the next few days, right? Depends on, unless just everything's perfectly balanced and adjusted in uh, family. Uh, I think there's room for taking, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to express your love? How do you want me to express your reign in this situation You know, just with dad and mom or brothers and sisters or some of the friends that are going to be at those gatherings, those kinds of things. And to live as His people together. You know, I again, I just want to say, I I don't know everybody that's here this morning, but just want to say, it's an invitation to follow the Lord. No matter where you're at on the journey, this is an invitation to follow Him. To behold Him as the King and to behold Him as the Lord. And that there's a it, it means change for us it it always does it's a it's a call to align to calibrate, to repent, to change from my old way, and to align myself with Jesus Christ, who's the king and the Lord right yes. so there's distractions we all have from that i I just can't even believe it sometimes so i we were talking about idols last week I had a few people talk to me about phones, you know just when it's just overwhelming the amount of focus and the ways that our imaginations have been co-opted by advertising or whatever, you know? And we need to build in a vision for space where Jesus really can be the Lord and the King. Alright? Okay, let's, let's respond to the Lord just for a minute. Take a few minutes here at the end calibrating our lives to Him. I just think some prayer places for us. You go ahead and stand up if you would. Sorry. And uh, we're just going to take a few minutes here. We do this at the end of every service. And just think in terms of, Lord, how do I need to be calibrated to this word about you being the King and the Lord? What needs to change? How does that need to be adjusted in my own world? What do I need to do to say yes to you? What do I need to do to really believe that you are the living Lord inside of me and you are the hope of glory in the world being seen in and through us? Lord, what does that look like? How do I express love in my relationships? What does your salvation look like in my sphere? So just wherever that touches you, just if you need prayer about any of that, alignment with Jesus, prayer. There's people up here. You can pray with somebody that you came with. Father, would you meet us here as we just spend a moment praying and seeking you, Lord? I just I pray too for anyone that just is saying I I want to start a just a life giving relationship with Jesus on this Christmas time, 2019, recognizing that you're the King and the Lord. This really is the gospel that Jesus, Jesus is the King, Jesus and His Kingdom is coming so Lord shape us and mold us give us grace to respond to the good news of forgiveness and deliverance and worship and love you are the Lamb of God and the King and the Lord in Jesus name Amen. You guys come get prayer. Just take a moment here let's let's engage Lord you meet us in this place of prayer there's just anything that you need prayer about then let's let's do it let's go for it Amen.